You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Welcome into Sax in the Basement. Sit on down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. Another 30 minutes of socks for fans, by fans. On the way, brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions, the proud sponsors of Socks in the Basement. Ken over there mentioned me the other day, the thing he loves the most. It's like a status, having that little label in the bottom corner of Socks in the Basement. In that label, the phone number's there, along with the website, famws.com, for all your basement waterproofing needs and foundational issues Free quotes and a portion of the proceeds going to veteran and first responder organizations. Dave has the week off this week, mainly because he's done absolutely nothing to contribute to the show over the last couple of weeks, and it's Thanksgiving week, and I am going to instead spend 30 minutes sitting down with a new guest we've never had on the show before by the name of Jason Martinez, and Jason is from Fangraphs. How are you, sir? I'm really good, Chris. How's it going with you? It's going good. Holidays are upon us. I'm smoking a turkey this week. I, I'm brining it today, getting it all ready to go. Going to throw that on the smoker for a good seven or eight hours or whatever it takes and stand outside drinking beer and pretending like I have to be standing next to the smoker the entire time to avoid children and my wife nagging me. So I have big plans for Thursday. Nice. That, that's more than me, but off-season is upon us, and that's always that's always a fun time for me. It's Charlie Morton off the board, so hopefully a, a, a normal season ahead of us as well. So tell me a little bit about fan graphs, because I think that we have fans that are numbers guys. You jump at everything. There are guys that understand it more than I do. I have certain stats that I am in love with. And then there are some of us that are still old school, just kind of look at the guy, are still paying attention to things like batting average. Can you break down a little bit about what fan graphs brings to the game? Because I know you guys will put out all kinds of projections and look at players and try to find tendencies. So can you take people through a little bit about what fan graphs does? Sure, and, and I, I think I'm 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 more like you. And as far as I'm an old old school guy, I do like my numbers. I do like to look at certain things. Um, as far as what what Fangraphs does, they they can take those numbers and just analyze the heck out of them. They, they there's deep dives and what does this mean? And you know, certain certain baseball. I would say a majority of baseball fans they this is their hobby to watch baseball. They don't want to have to think too much. They want to watch the game, and what they see is what they see, and that's. That's great, you know. And then there's people who go, "Oh, what just happened here? What does that mean? What do the numbers say about that? How does that match up with what I'm seeing with my eyes?" Fangraphs typically has analysts who are really good at, at doing that kind of research and provide a whole whole bunch of different sets of, of statistics that and graphs that, depending on the way that you take in information, um, it, it you have a lot of different options. And so where I come in is, is I started this website called MLB Depth Charts back in 2009. I changed it to Roster Resource a few years later. And then I joined Fangraphs um, last year, and which, which I believe is a really good complement to what they do. There are two stats that I always talk about on this show, and I wonder if I drive people nuts listening to it. But I evaluate my pitchers by their whip, their walks and hits per innings pitched. FIP is interesting, fielding independent pitching, trying to figure out whether or not the ERA is real. Uh, There's plenty of other things you can look into. But I always look at a pitcher's performance, and I see their whip, 
And it tells me in my mind, are they a good pitcher or not? Did they have a good season or not? And can I believe that that season is going to be better the next year? Like if a guy had a high whip, like he put a lot of guys on, but won a bunch of games, I I start to think maybe he was a little lucky. And I'll I'll give you kind of an example, and then I'm kind of curious as to whether or not I'm right as that being like a great indicator for pitchers, because I still think that's the most important stat that I look at when I'm trying to evaluate a pitcher. I'll I'll, I'll look at Dallas Keuchel who's on the White Sox. Now, Keuchel over the last couple of years has been an effective pitcher, and his whip's been over 1.30, which I always make a cutoff line for me. I don't know why I do that. It's just been a thing that I've always said. Like, once they're over that, they're going to have more bumps and bruises than if they're under 1.30. And he had a shortened season, but he had a season in 2020 where his whip is comparable to both seasons that he went to the All-Star game. His two best years, including his 20-win Cy Young season, that was where he was at with a 1.089 whip. So to me, he found something in the White Sox, and there is still plenty left in a Dallas Keuchel to be a high-end pitcher. First of all, is that a good evaluation of him just using that one stat? And secondly, am I missing anything? Um, You know, you can can go way deeper than that, of course, because now we have stats that show exit velocity and and how many, how many, uh, how often are, are hitters barreling your pitch? How often are they hitting it? in the air, on the ground, line drives. You can look at all that stuff now for, for predictive analysis. But normal folks, even folks that really like baseball, they don't want to look at all that stuff. And that's why it's good to have one number that, that you can count on. So, of course, if you just look at ERA, that's not going to tell you a lot. I mean, you can look at ERA and say, look, he, he had a good season. That's, that's what happened. Those were the results. He, he didn't allow a lot of runs. So that is a good thing. So we can say he had that pitcher had a good season or a bad season based on that. But if we want to talk about next year or the future, you need to look a lot deeper than that. Um, the one thing that stood out this year, he didn't his, his home runs per nine was way down, only 0.3 um, compared to 0.9 in his career. So through 11 starts, it's hard to know if it would have made a, a big difference because those numbers will look different over 30 starts. You know, somebody like Keuchel, you, you you trust those a little bit more. Have you done your projections yet for next year, or at least looked at, like, like if I sat there and told you right now, okay, I, I understand that Lucas Giolito is probably the one on this team, and my wishful thinking is the White Sox go out and acquire two pitchers either by trade or by free agency, and in the hopes that Dallas Keuchel really becomes a three, and you go get a high-end pitcher, and you got a four there, and you let Dane Dunning and Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech coming back go compete for that five spot, that that's kind of how we've been talking about it on the show, but I think a lot of fans are trying to figure out about Cease, about Dunning. You can't really figure Kopech yet unless you, you're able to take a look at that and make a decision. I mean, the guy's been out of baseball for so long. And then also Reynaldo Lopez, where right now the argument is, do you even tender the guy? Is there anything that shows uh, a future for him where he could actually improve? So have you taken any look at any of the at, at these stats and projections for next year yet? And what are your feelings on that bottom part of the White Sox rotation, the Cease, the Dunning, the Lopez, and possibly even Kopech right now? I think they're in really good shape because when you mention all those guys, that so what, what you want is you want a lot of different guys because they're not all going to stay healthy. They're not all going to be good. Some of them are going to take a step forward. Some are going to are going to take a step back. So, I think the White Sox are in a position where they look at a guy like Julito and they go, "Yeah, he's been an ace for for two seasons. Probably no reason to think he's not going to continue." But the young guy, you just you just never know. You do want to cover yourself for that. 
And that's why a guy like Keuchel is so valuable. And you even got a guy like Carlos Rodon, who you don't know what he's going to be next year. You don't even know if they're going to tender him. But if he was a free agent for what he's going to make in arbitration, which is projected around four to five million right now, I think, you know, for a 20, 28 year old guy, teams would go, I'll take a $5 million flyer on Carlos Rodon in, in a normal offseason. I'm not sure if that, that would happen now. But my point is that you have a lot of different options and you don't, you don't want to count on all those unknowns for two to three spots, maybe two. But if we're talking about all those guys to fill out two spots and you go, I got, I got Jolito, I got Keiko, and I got Trevor Bauer. That's, I wouldn't rule it out, but let's say you're, you're, you're shooting that, you're aiming that high or even like a, a James Paxton or somebody that you can just, you can just factor in and, one of your top three guys and then you have four or five guys to fill in the last few spots and and you know you got a full spring training and a lot of these guys have minor league options and so you figure it out along the way which guy is is, is looking good which guy is is going to be the most reliable we're, we're going to add impact we're not going to add we don't need to add depth at, at, as much depth at this point socks in the basement listeners do the hard work And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the south side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. How easy is it to predict the team and as a team how they would perform this year, especially now before you even know what they're going to add on? But can you get a general sense of the White Sox based upon the rise that they're having right now and and the players that are on their teams? Like, Is there, is there somebody right now that stands out to you on the roster, pitching or hitting, uh, somebody maybe even in the minor leagues that might be coming up like an Andrew Vaughn? Uh, is there somebody that stands out right now that you think definitely they're going to improve next year and definitely that's going to have an impact on how many wins the team is able to get? Because if you extrapolate out what the White Sox did this year, especially if you get rid of the terrible week at the end where Ricky Renteria just could not keep this team on track. If you look at these players, are there guys that stand out to you as this guy is going to definitely improve the the numbers, what we're deep diving into over at Fangraphs? tells us these guys are going to definitely help your win total next year and we can kind of figure out where this team is going? No, I, I think so many of the, they didn't have too many guys underperforming last year. So, so somebody like Nomar Mazzari, if they tendered him a contract, he would be a guy, yeah, he, he could obviously be, he, he would be hard to do worse than what he did. I, I think if they non-tender him, I think that's the plan. They're going to go after somebody in, in and free agency. I, I think free agency or trade market, I think the addition is going to be very important. I think it's important that they don't just say, well, we got all these young guys that are already good and they're just going to get better. Um, that's why I think it's going to be very important who they decide. I think adding somebody like, 
you know, for example, like like a Michael Brantley, who's just a different than the guys that you have, just a veteran, solid left-handed bat to balance all those all those righty hitters out. And he's a veteran guy who's, you know, he's been in big games. You, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the offensive version of Keiko. It's like, well, you know what he's going to give you. He's not going to be bad. He, you know, if, if, you know, he, he has the ability to have a huge season, but for the most part, he's just going to be, he's going to be a good, good hitter in the middle of that lineup. He's not going to kill us. And I think that's what you want in, in order to avoid just a total drop off. Talk to me a little bit about Yoan Moncada, because here's a guy that had a slow start in his career, seemed to put it together last year. Uh, in fact, uh, garnered an MVP vote in 2019. And then he got COVID-19 right before the season started, complained that his legs were bothering him all year long and had a down year. Now, I'm one of those people in the Yoan Moncada camp that says, no, this guy figured it out in 2019, scratched 2020 off. I believe in the 19 numbers, and I think that it's full speed ahead with Yoan Moncada. Uh, there are the detractors that have always disliked the Mancata move. And there are guys that are still angry that the, that the White Sox made that trade in the first place, so they're always going to find fault in him. Is there anything that you see in the numbers Fangraph sees with Yohan Mancata that would give me a positive or negative outlook on him looking at the 2021 season? He's a, definitely a bounce-back candidate, but he wasn't so bad or, you know, where you just kind of forget about him. I think a lot of, a lot of times, players because of injury or because of poor performance they just totally disappear from the they're just off the radar you just they're just out of out of mind um he's not quite there and, and we don't know how much you know COVID affected him and it, it it seemed like most of these guys came back without any issues but because it's it's not really not really something we have a lot of information on yet we don't we can't look at every player who who returned from COVID and, and analyze them yet and talk to all of them and say how did this affect you it just seemed like it didn't really have a big effect on on most of these guys. What we know is what he's, he's capable of being a you know one of the better better young players in the league, and he's only 25. I think with him and a guy like Jimenez and Robert, they're they're so young, and anything can happen from year to year. So you just you know I, I can't emphasize enough how 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 important it is to have the veterans there. It's hard to know what's going to happen with Moncada. With it's hard to predict anything that happens in, in baseball but what we know is we, we know what his ceiling is we know that he's capable of, of struggling as well so I think it's too early to tell right now it would be interesting to see how he looks in spring training and and to actually get I know one of our writers Craig Edwards is going to do something on um he's going to do an update on how every player who returned from COVID how they did during the season based you know, compared to what we had projected um so once we start analyzing that a little bit more. I think I think it'll be interesting to see see if there was a drop off, and and then to see how Moncada feels, and you know somebody like Eduardo Rodriguez from from the Red Sox, he didn't play all season because of it. So um, so we'll see. Jason, give me a give me a sneaky pitcher, maybe that nobody has got at the top of their list. Uh, same thing with a sneaky outfielder that could play right field for the White Sox. I'm not talking about the Springers and the Bowers. I'm talking about the guys that maybe people who are looking at the best at that position are overlooking that could come in and help out a team like the White Sox right now who are going to be looking for a starting pitcher in and a right fielder. And when you look at the pool of free agents that are out there, you go, that guy would be a good fit. Yeah, I think, you know, I mentioned Brantley earlier. I think somebody like Jock Peterson would would, would fit real well. Um, I, I think somebody like Jurickson Profar, who played for the Padres last year, gives him a little bit would give them a little bit um, protection at other other positions as well. This is a guy who he struggled early on and then just put up huge numbers for 
for the last 30, 35 games and played mostly left field, but he can play all over the place. So adding somebody with versatility like that gives you some options. You know, like, like I said, you, you want to have protection in case somebody gets hurt. Uh, Tim Anderson gets hurt. If Madrigal gets hurt, if Moncada is, is not doing what, he, what he's capable of, you, you want somebody to plug in there who you know can, can hit. So that's why somebody like Jerks and Profar is going to have going to have some value in free agency. Um, you got a lot of different kinds of guys out there. Adam Eaton was was a White Sox with, with the White Sox at, at one point. He he's a free agent. Um, so there's a there's a lot of interesting names out there. And I, I think um, beyond George Springer, obviously you add George Springer, I I think there's still some pretty good options. And I, and I think the White Sox are in a position where they can go and so many different directions and and they'd be fine i i don't think I, I think if they didn't do too much and they just plugged in a few holes here and there and you know they didn't make a splash i wouldn't see a problem with that because like i said they're already a good team and they got you know they got some young players that should get better they got some pretty good depth um but they're also in a position where they can they can go out and get they can, they can try to sign a springer they can try to uh, sign a trevor bauer they they have they have a decent, a good enough farm system where they can go out and make a trade. I, I don't think there's, I don't think you can go wrong. It's just that they are, the foundation is already, is already there. So I, I think they're in a good spot. Jason Martinez is from Fangraphs. He was nice enough to join us. Also did a roster resource. I want to make sure I threw that in there as well. Thanks for taking some time uh, talking a little baseball with us. And I appreciate you stopping in the socks in the basement. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. So if you'll indulge me for a quick moment, I want to pull the curtain back a little bit on Socks in the Basement, just kind of show you something behind the scenes with the show. There are times I sit down here with Dave, we just go for 30 minutes, I hit the off button, I'm done. But sometimes with a guest, the guest has a different schedule than me. So I'm like, hey, can I can I talk to you? And it's like, yeah, I can do it. I'm on the East Coast or the West Coast. Jason was on the East Coast. And I said, okay, fine. I've got time to squeeze in the interview. And then I'll ramp up the show and kind of add on my part at the end if there's any room for it. Or I'll just go with straight interview. We'll see how it goes. And I was about 20 minutes in the recording just that interview. And I ended it mainly because I felt like I was overloaded. I was listening to everything he's telling me. And yeah, he's not going through facts and figures He's not overloading you with stats, but there was part of me that was like, do I really get his reasoning behind the names that he's saying and the things that he's saying about the team? I actually went back and listened to it. And now after listening to him a second time, I can unpack this a little bit better. Fangraphs uses all their data, looks at all these players, and even uses the eye test. And what he's trying to explain is you can look at data but it's harder to predict a rookie or a guy in the first few years of his career because 
there isn't enough on him to know whether or not the numbers we saw in 2020 or even 2019 are real. That's why he can't give me a straight answer on Yohan Moncada. That's why he says, you don't know with Aloy Jimenez what Luis Robert's going to do. And again, that's probably why he's so bully on Dallas Keuchel. If you listen to what Jason's saying there, it's good to have veterans. The reason he liked Michael Brantley was, yeah, sure, you played great, but it's very hard to find a lot of deficiencies in the White Sox as a whole. Luis Robert might improve in 2021, but somebody else may take a step back. As a team, they were a force to be reckoned with. So the idea that you're going to get massive improvement across the board, that nobody's going to fall off, that none of these rookies are going to have struggles, that is like a trap, that you have to have some versatility, that now is the time that the team needs to go out and get, and I like that name they use, Jurgensen Profar, although he drove me nuts in fantasy sports for years because he's a streaky player. But if he's a backup player who can play all kinds of positions, there's a guy. You already know what Larry Garcia brings you. Another reason why the White Sox were probably like, yeah, we're picking up that option. Because you need to have versatility and you need to be able to cover not only for injury, but when guys go through inevitable slumps. In a two-month season, we saw a few little slumps. Like we saw Luis Robert drop off. We're like, ah, rookie slump. And then he started doing better. Uh, Jose Abreu had that insane MVP season. But there's no way of knowing how guys would have gone through a full 162-game schedule. You you talk about Dallas Keuchel's numbers, and he goes, okay, I believe those a little bit more because he'd had seasons like that before. You don't know how it would have gone if 2020 was 162 games, but it's at least believable. But on the other hand, there's no way of knowing what this team would have done over 162. What kind of swoon might have happened in August if they would have started back in April or March, end of March? So predicting them for 2021 is hard. So the advice that Fangraphs is basically saying is, Get veterans in there. Find guys that you know on their worst days, in their worst seasons, give you a replacement level that will fix any problem you run into with your young team. And if you're going to fill a spot, don't just rely. And, and this flies in the face of something that I said. I've, I've said this on shows before about like, you know, Adam Engel had a great 2020. But what Fangraphs is basically saying is, what Jason Martinez is saying is, you need to have some vets that you know what they are. I'm not talking Edwin Encarnacion vets that they may fall off because they're at the very end of their career, but vets where you're like, if they have their best season, if they have their worst season, or if they end up in the middle, I'm good with it because I need to have some consistency with all this youth. We forget because of how well they played in 2020, how young they are sometimes. And again, this goes back to why I keep saying you got to go get a Trevor Bauer or you got to add some pitching. I still think two pitchers in that rotation. Not because I don't believe that Michael Kopech won't be good one day or that I don't believe that Dylan Cease can figure it out one day or I don't believe that Dane Dunning showed us something in 2020 that makes him now a contender to be in, in the rotation. Not because I necessarily believe that Carlos Rodon and Reynaldo Lopez should be cut loose or you may believe that they should stay on there. But in the end, all of these what-ifs, you need to start taking the what-ifs out. You're going to have injuries to your pitching staff and you're going to have guys that have off years. Fangraphs looks at a Lucas Giolito and says, okay, we're starting to believe in him. He really is an ace or could be an ace for long term. And that's why the White Sox should probably lock him up as quickly as they possibly can. And we know what Dallas Keuchel is. We have no idea what the rest of the White Sox are. That's what I gather, especially the second time through listening to Jason Martinez from Fangraphs. We don't know what the Sox are after those first two guys in the rotation. We have no idea. Dylan Cease could improve and be great. He could suck. 
Dane Dunning could improve and be great. He could suck. Michael Kopech could show up and be amazing. He could suck. If they stick with Lopez or stick with Rodan, maybe all of a sudden it's a bounce back year. Likely suck. You could have a whole pile of suck or a whole pile of good. But if you want to start contending, we have to take out some of those maybes. And that's why it makes sense to go get two pieces. And you may not like all the names you hear. They may not all be flashy. Like I want a Trevor Bauer, but I also want another guy. And what he said there about James Paxson, you've heard us talk about him on our show. That would be a nice guy in the top end of the rotation. He's not flashy. He may miss a few starts, but overall, there's a guy you might be able to go out and get if you miss on the Bauer. And if you look at White Sox rumors right now, and the rumor mill is a buzz, you know, by this time last year, we had Yasmani Grandal. So the offseason had started for us. We were all pumping fists and slapping high fives. In fact, the biggest jump in listenership in the history of Sox in the Basement was the day we signed Yasmani Grandal. I believe more people found this show on that day because they were just looking for as much White Sox content as possible after years of bad and not believing. And then we held on to those people and continued to see the way that our numbers go. But the Yasmani Grandal signing was also a big day in Sox in the Basement history because Sox fans came back and people got excited and, and, and pumped up for the offseason. We haven't had that moment yet, and it could come at any moment. You could be listening to this show 10 minutes after they announce a move. Because even though it comes out on Wednesday, you might not get to it till Wednesday night or Thursday. I don't know. Until it hits, I think we all have this trepidation of, they're going to do something, right? They're going to pick somebody up, right? They got it, right? Well, yeah, they have to. The numbers say they have to. Fangrass says they have to. An analyst like Jason Martinez says they have to. You have to fill in with guys. You can't stress about the name as much because the majority of the talent's on your team. But what you're looking for now are those steady guys. Those steady stats you know can rely on. Those steady wins above replacement. The guys that are going to be there when your young team slumps. Not as much a guy that's going to get you over the hump. Your superstars are already on your team. It'd be great to add another one in George Springer. And the rumor mill, like I said, a buzz this week. Springer, Springer, Springer. There's smoke everywhere with the White Sox trying to get George Springer. To the point that I've started to look at Mets rumors and they're kind of moving off of Springer which makes me wonder whether or not the Sox are getting close. But you can't count your chickens before they're hatched, and hot stove is always really confusing. And and one minute you think you're getting Manny Machado, and the next minute Kenny Williams is in sunglasses telling you how disappointed he is sitting in his golf cart. You don't know. But I think it's obvious they're making moves. And the recommendations from the numbers crunchers, like a Jason Martinez, is go out and get steady veteran presence now for your team. That's what you're doing. You know, we really didn't get into Andrew Vaughn with him, but I'm sure Andrew Vaughn, that's another unpredictable thing. Yeah, you you know he's supposed to be good, but he's unpredictable. You have too many unpredictable things. You want Robert to take the next step. You don't know. You want Mankata to bounce back. You don't know. You want to see guys that had good years in 2020 and developed and looked like stars to not take a step back. You want them to move forward, but you don't know. Your veterans are less uncertain. And that's why this offseason is all about finding veterans. And as much as I love prospects, and trust me, I get crucified when we do shows like the one that just came out this past weekend and I was trading prospects for Lance Lynn, I got crucified in social media. Multiple people commenting on the show. Why would you trade for him? Well, I'm I'm trading for him because I want a veteran presence that I know what I'm getting. Even his worst season puts him in the top three in my rotation. His worst season. And he's had two of his best recently. 
So I believe he's going to do at least as good at that or close to it. That's why I'm trading away a prospect, because prospects are a roll of the dice. You will have to break some eggs here. I expect the White Sox to make one to two trades minimum for players. You're going to see three to four names on your MLB pipeline, top 30, leave this organization. I believe it. The Sox are buyers, and they are selling prospects at this point. Now is the time you go out and you get a few more veteran pieces that walk in. You want to make sure they're good clubhouse guys. They're ready to win, and that's what they're there for, professional baseball players. I want headhunters that just are doing it for the money and maybe a little bit of the love of the game and want to win a championship. That's what I want. And it seems like that analysis from fan graphs tells me that's what we should be going and getting right now. That's all the time we have this weekend. I'm trying to set something up so we can try to make a trade with a Milwaukee Brewers podcast. We'll see how that goes on Saturday. Remember, every episode of Socks in the Basement is available on demand. If you've missed the show, go back and listen. We're covering the offseason like a warm blanket. Make sure you are subscribed if you haven't done so yet on any podcast platform, including iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. You can say, hey, Alexa, play Socks in the Basement, Apple Podcast, whatever you want. Check out SocksInTheBasement.com. Get yourself a trucker hat, a t-shirt, some Socks in the Basement swag, and we'll see you soon on Socks in the Basement. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.